Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I am here with Rich Keller. He is the Catalyst Effect Officer, and he also does SCORE, but he also, main important thing is he does a one-word personal brand, and his mission is to transform one million lives one word at a time. Rich, I know you have a, a longer backstory of <laughs> how you're helping entrepreneurs, your, your life trajectory and everything too, but I wanted to give a, a brief synopsis of um, what your core mission is today. You did a nice job. Thank you for having me, Sean. I really appreciate being here. So, Rich, um, just kind of going into everything, I mean, people can check you out on, um, you know, therichkeller.com, you know, the Catalyst Effects, you know, it's on, you know, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google, the, the main four. Um, today, <laughs> it might change. You never know with podcasting world. <laughs> and you're on LinkedIn and Instagram, which all this information is going to be on your bio page on the Converge Coffee website. But the main thing you kind of want to dive into right away is how did you come up with the one word personal brand process? Oh, that's a million dollar question, Sean. It's a really good, uh, good intro to start this interview. So, um, well, I, I think I'd like to start by just saying that it, when I turned 50, I, uh, I quit my career in the corporate world and, um, I didn't really know what I was going to do next, but I knew that I wanted to impact people's lives. I loved my career in marketing. Um, I loved working on brands uh, at companies like Kraft Foods, Godiva, Cadbury, um, Nabisco. So I had I had an amazing career, but I didn't want to be remembered for helping Oreo win, helping Godiva win, helping Dentine Gum win. And so I quit my career and I came home after I left and I left on great terms, by the way. Um, even though I, you know, walked out, um, and I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I had a moment uh, shortly after I left where I remembered a situation I had with my son Zach. Uh, he was applying to college, and uh, this was about two years before I, uh, I I left my career. He was applying to college. He came to me and he said, "I want you to help me get ready for my alumni interviews." Uh, and I said, "Sure, of course. I'm a marketer, absolutely." And I asked him one simple question that I didn't realize at the time would actually change the entire trajectory of my career. I said, "Tell me about yourself." And he looked at me and he couldn't answer the question. And I said, "Well, just tell me anything." And what he did was he told me all the things he was doing. And I said to him, I said, you don't know who you are? And he said, no, they don't teach us that in high school. I don't even know what you're talking about. And what I realized is um, most of us, including myself up until age 50, had tied out, we tie our identity to what we do, not who we are. When somebody says, uh, tell me about yourself, usually the first thing after you say your name, people will say, hi, I'm Rich Keller. And then they tell you what they do for a living. But that's not really what the question's asking you. The question's asking you, tell me how you add value. And so when you don't work anymore, you don't know how to answer that question. And I've been in that situation many times. And then what happens is you start to feel worthless and you feel like, well, if I don't have a job, I don't have any value. And so while I was in my career at all these top companies, I did one thing. I would, I would craft the identity of that brand in one word. And the one word is what I call your core value. And it's what you give away to the world to improve the lives of others. Because branding is about giving away your magic. Branding is not about you. It's about the audience. And people buy solutions. And if you could, like a brand, share what that core value is, you will have a much more 
successful opportunity to stand out and break through. And so, for example, I'm a catalyst. That's my one word. I disrupt normal in the branding space. So I help people think like a brand and using the same process that I used for the corporate world, I just didn't know at the time, but I pivoted to help people. And what happened with my son, Zach, was I helped him discover his one word. It was all in my head at the time. And his one word is perseverer. And then he wrote an incredible essay for college about a campfire, that he a campfire event that he participated in. He didn't solve world hunger. He didn't go to 15 countries before he applied to college. He went to camp every summer and he got accepted to Cornell and he spent four years there. And it was that moment when I quit my career that I sat in my office and I said, and I literally said to myself, well, maybe if I disrupt the way people think about themselves, I can help a million people discover who they are because I believe that what you do is not who you are, which I believe, I I fed into that my identity was in what I do. And my premise of my new business is that what you do is not who you are, but who you are drives what you do. And the reason I feel strongly about that is because as a catalyst, the first five years of my post-college career were in accounting. And I now know why it didn't work. I was in the wrong show. I was so unhappy in my career, but I, but I, was, belie- I was raised to believe, you have a great job, you got a great salary. Oh my God, people want to be like you. And truthfully, nobody should have wanted to be like me at that time because as a catalyst, I was in the wrong show. And when I realized that who I am drives what I do, that's why after I quit my career, I went on this trajectory now to go out and impact people's lives, especially entrepreneurs, because I believe if you know who you are and then you inject that into your business venture and you sell yourself and your venture at the same time, you're going to be like Sarah Blakely, Howard Schultz, Steve Jobs, and so on. And so that's my crazy idea that I'm doing now. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I have been through some like mindset workshops and they go, they essentially go to the same thing. And I mean, if you notice in America, we, we have it so wrong in the sense of when people hit retirement, the age of mortality increases because they were doing something monotonous every single day or doing something as not as their core value. That's right. And so when they stopped doing something, they never found that. And so they just stopped. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I'd love to give an example for your listeners. So, cause sometimes people will be like, Oh, that sounds great, Rich, but how does that all, you know, really work in action? Yeah, of course. And, and what, and I believe that um, the, that, Once again, when when a business venture is infused with the entrepreneur's core value, it forges a stronger connection because people buy human connections. So Apple is a great example. You don't buy a phone when you buy Apple. If you wanted to go buy a phone, you would go to Walmart and buy a cheap phone. But what you bought is simplicity because Steve Jobs was all about simplicity, which is why on stages he wore a turtleneck jeans and sneakers to every event. In his core value of simplicity, he came to Apple and he said, I'm just going to inject that core value into Apple. And what he really did was he put the world in your hands and made technology effortless. So you bought simplicity for 800 bucks. You didn't buy a phone. And I want entrepreneurs and people to think that way as well. What are you selling to the world? And if you can communicate that, then you become differentiated because unless there's a twin or a triplet, there's only one you. 
And so Apple's a good example because Steve put himself in front of that company. And everybody, when you say Apple, they knew Steve Jobs when he was alive. That's the connection you want to make. And it all came from his simplicity core value. I think this is a great segue into the next question. And is why do you think personal brands have more impact than company brands? Oh, wow. It's a great question. Um, people buy human connection, period. End of story. Drop the mic. People buy human connection. And I'll give you a really good example of why I feel so strongly about that. And when I left the corporate world to help entrepreneurs, it really played out. Um, Oreo is a good example. When, when, when I was in the corporate world and we did commercials, we would cast people in the commercial that worked with the market we were going after. And so if we're going after moms and dads with young kids in the commercial, that's what we cast. And so when a young couple is watching the Oreo commercial, the mom is saying, wow, that's me. By the way, Oreo's in the connection business. That's what they sell. Everybody knows how to twist, lick, and dunk an Oreo, and you were taught that by connecting with people. And so in the commercial, you're listening and watching, and you're putting Oreo on your list because people bought the human in that commercial. And it's the same thing with entrepreneurs. And what I believe is the challenge is that people think branding is about them. People think branding is about making them the hero, the person. You're making the audience the hero. You're the guide. And so if you can just flip the mentality that when you're out on stage in social media, tell people what you give away, you become the guide that will help the audience. And then they want more of you because they want to win. They don't want to hear about you winning. They want to hear about how you won and then what did you do? Tell the audience what you did and how you can help them. And that's where personal branding becomes the win because personal branding is about giving it away. It's not about boasting about you. That's a really good, that's a really good interpretation because a lot of people, I just noticed a lot of people, even on LinkedIn, they don't, it's all about them. It's all about their company. I can name a few. And there's one that comes to mind. Um, I forget his name, but I know that he does a payment um, company, processing company. Um, just putting it out there, but he talks, he talks in such simplicity of how he has raised the, the minimum wage for his workers, um, done all this shows, you know, how companies, you know, go from bottom down rather than bottom up and helping the employees. That's right. And honestly, I kind of feel like that's kind of been a, a huge problem of deterrent of, you know, why is recruiting and, and human resources the last one to, um, being allowed to evolve? When you're talking about your customers and doing great things for your customers, why aren't you replicating that quickly over to finding new employees? Because that is such a brand right there where if you have a negative experience with an individual, you're not going to work for that. You don't want to work for that company. That's right. That's right. Listen, people want to be seen, heard, and valued. That's it. And the truth is when, and I learned this in motivational speaking school because, Sean, when I quit my career, and, and one of the things I, I was wanting to do was to be a motivational speaker and do that. Well, I thought I would just tell my story. I'm a cancer survivor. So is my wife. I have a great story. Well, day one of motivational speaking school in the first module, they said, nobody cares about your story. That's a bio. They'll care if you tell them how you can help the audience win. And most importantly, if you can just flip that mindset 
of when you're on stage. And believe me, I, I had a really hard time in the beginning because I was on stage like so worried about what I look like and what people are going to say about me until my coaches said, it's not about you. And I went, oh, yeah, you're right. And as soon as I flipped that mindset and I said to the audience, I can help you discover who you are. And let me tell you about a couple of brands I've worked on, brands that everybody knows. Now, all of a sudden, the audience is like, oh, your story's really inspiring, Rich, and you know who you are. Maybe you can help me do the same. And that is what I want. I think every entrepreneur, every company out there, help your people win. They don't want to hear about your company that sold for $500 million. That Actually, they're annoyed about that. But if you tell them how you sold a company for $500 million and what you can do to help the audience do the same thing, bingo, they are right at your doorstep because you're giving away your core value to help and improve the lives of others. Definitely, definitely. And now this leads perfectly into the next question <laughs> um, is, you know, why do most people not seize, you know, the opportunity for their personal brand? And, you know, in the sense of why aren't they consistent with it? You know, what channels, why, you know, why aren't they, you know, maximizing is it fear? Is it something that they don't, you know, in the sense of fear or they don't know what they want to talk about? Um, and then also the kind of question after that is too, is what are the ramifications of this, this due to customer experiences, like with revenue in the sense of even with companies that are um, stifling personal brands? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And um I think the, well, number one, I think the reason why people don't spend time consistently building their personal brand is because in my opinion, and it's just my philosophy, I want to be clear about that, they're, they're thinking of, the, of themselves as the hero, not the guide. Branding is about helping others win. And so a lot of times, like when people come to work with me, like for example, I have a book. They say, I want to launch a book. Okay, great. Well, what's your message? What do you mean what's my message? I just want to get my book out there or my book is about, <clears throat> you know, whatever the story is. And I said, great, the story is wonderful, but you have to turn that book. That book drives, your product drives your core value, which drives your message. And so a lot of times they'll say to me, but isn't my product my brand or isn't my product my message? And I said, no, because when the book is done, it either goes back on the shelf and nobody will read it again, or they hold on to it because they're like, there is something there for me to actually make my life better. And so I think the reason why it's a lot of work, number one, um, you know, it, 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 let's just be clear about that. Branding is a marathon and it doesn't happen overnight. It took 20 plus years for Apple, Starbucks, Spanx, all of them. But I think what's most important is that whole flip of um, it's about me. It's all about me. And they don't get any traction because nobody wants to hear about you unless you tie your story to what you can give away. So that's number one. And then number two, I think I think from a company perspective, companies don't realize that happy employees make companies more profitable. And so if you help your employees discover who they are and let them help you sell the company, an employee that works for a company, if you work for Weight Watchers and you want to go promote Weight Watchers, you, you should be able to do that within your personal brand. However, if you don't do it the right way and you actually hurt the brand, that's that's a big downside. You represent that brand. And so I always say this, the CEO of Weight Watchers can't go to a restaurant anymore on the weekend and eat fettuccine Alfredo for 3,000 points and put it on Instagram. 
because people are going to look at her and say, why are you eating that? And I can't, you represent this brand that's all about losing weight. So it, it, there's a great, it's so great to have a phone. It's great to be in the social media world, but there is a huge downside called consistency. And if you're not consistent with your image and who you are and your identity, which I help people discover in one word, you become disjointed and then you give up because you don't really understand what the power of branding is about. It's about giving away your core value so that you can improve the lives of others. That's what personal branding is. And then when you put it to a venture and you start making money, now you have a winning brand because you don't have to make money on your personal brand. I can give away all day, help people get to their one word without paying them, without them paying me a cent. But when I make it monetizable because I give away my core value, now I've got a winning brand. And so I try to help people understand that the winning brand is when you tell your story, you share that core value that you can give away, and then you monetize it. Now we've got a win. And that's why I'm trying to do my crazy idea of helping people like you and entrepreneurs discover who they are, because I have a value that I can give away now and my story supports that. I love that. I love that, Rich. Which no more grilling questions here, but I think <laughs> it, this this allows you to share your story. You know, yeah, anything yeah. that you want to kind of reveal of how you have helped, you know, entrepreneurs find their one word. And what what was the impact on that too? You know, I, I'd love to, if it's okay with you, I'd love to share a story of of sort of maybe inspiration to people out there that are thinking about, like, I, maybe I want to leave the corporate world, I want to quit my career, or I have an idea that I don't know if it's going to work. I had many people look at me like I lost my head when I quit my career. I mean, I walked away from a lot. And I was 50. And people were like, how are you going to start over? How are you going to do this? And so the story that I want to share of inspiration is I helped this uh, one entrepreneur, shout out to Sophie Barron, who is the CEO of The Conversationalist. Uh, Sophie's a unifier, and she's helping to unify Gen Z by breaking echo chambers and having everybody's voice heard and uh, through conversation. She went to University of Pennsylvania, and she was invited back to speak, and she spoke in Angela Duckworth's class. And everybody, if you don't know Angela Duckworth, she wrote the best-selling book, Grit, um, and she is a professor at University of Pennsylvania. Sophie told them the story, her class, the story about how I helped her get to Home One Word Unifier, and then subsequently what she did in, in helping and what I did in helping her build her brand foundation. And at the end of the talk, Angela said, I'd love for you to connect me to Rich. Would that be okay? And so Sophie, you know, emailed me and she's like, you know, Angela Duckworth would like to have a conversation. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I couldn't even believe it. And I said, she's like, is that okay? And I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> and I spoke to Angela for an hour. And I, I, I mean, to be really clear, for someone like Angela Duckworth to take an hour out of her life to call me, this was pre-pandemic, to talk to me about my program and what I do and share with me, you know, her thoughts behind it. I hung up the phone and I remember calling my my wife's dad, uh, who I called dad. And I was like, dad, are you sitting down? Because he thought I was crazy. And I said, I told him everything. And he goes, wow, oh my God, maybe you're onto something. And that was the validation call for me in many ways, because for her to even think that there's some value here in what she heard Sophie talk to the class about and Sophie's passion about knowing her core value and wanting to unify the next generation, 
I just, it was inspirational to me. It doesn't matter whether I ever speak to Angela again, whether I ever go to speak at Penn, it, that doesn't matter. What matters is she thought enough about my idea from somebody who actually was passionate about telling the class that she calls me. I've read that book, Grit, three times. And, I'm, and I remember saying to her on the phone, is this Angela Duckworth from the person who wrote Grit? We laughed about it. But that was the moment when I realized if you have an idea that you can help change the world around and you're in it for the long term, like I was and am the marathon, then go for it and stop listening to what other people say. Drown that noise out and go out and help people win. Because when you die, that's what your legacy will be. And that was, I'll never forget the call. I still to this day hold it in my heart because it is a crazy idea that I'm doing. You don't need the work I do, but if you know who you are and you think like a brand and you tell an, an admissions committee like my son did, or you tell an interviewer in the first seven seconds post-college or an entrepreneur, and you just sprinkle your core value into your business like Sarah Blakely did, you will win this game if you want to do that for the long term. And that's what I'm doing today. And I feel like at 50, I'm now 53, I have another 25, 30, 40 years to go help anybody discover who they are because everybody should know that. It's not, I don't sell something that eh, I may not need that. Everybody should answer that question. Tell me about yourself by sharing the value they give away to the world. So that's my story. Rich, I, I absolutely love that story. And I think the listeners will love that story too. Um, I mean, there's, it goes beyond just even just, you know, your personal brand and that kind of stuff. It goes to more of your core purpose or purposes in life. That's right. I think that's what it's, it's a, it's a miss that a lot of people miss in the sense of work doesn't work is the abundance. You have to look internally rather than externally. That's right. And, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you know, can I, do, can I just say one other thing? I, what's really interesting for entrepreneurs is that once I discover the one word with them, I then, I have a five-step process. We begin with the end, which is the one word, but then we go back and we do the next four steps. And one of the four steps, which is probably the most important beyond my one word, is purpose. And so many people do not know why they get up in the morning, and myself included, up until I left my corporate career to figure out, why am I doing this? And it's so eye-opening when I work with entrepreneurs and I, and I get them to their why. And that's, that's what Simon's whole point is. If you believe you work for a company that you believe what they believe, you're going to go to the stratosphere for that company because it's not about money. If you're working for somebody else to make them wealthy, they're not going to stay around. But if you're working for someone else who has a mission to go change the world or do something in a way that's impactful, that is really so powerful. And that's what I work on after the core value. And then after we get to purpose, I then say to an entrepreneur, what's in the way? Because if, it, if there was nothing in the way, then they wouldn't need you. And so if you want to make your purpose win and you know what's in the way, it diagnoses the problem. And eight out of 10 brands fail because they don't know the problem they're solving. And if you know the problem you're solving, so, for example, for me, I'm solving that your identity is not tied to who you, what you do. Your identity is in who you are. 
So I'm trying to solve that problem with a promise to help you discover your one word. And I do it because I'm a catalyst. And so I help entrepreneurs write that story in such a way that anyone, the cashier, the plumber, the mailman, your aunt, uncle, friend, if they don't know your story, you don't have a brand. Because today in this world versus the world I grew up in, where I didn't have digital growing up, today, five seconds, if they don't know what you're doing, they're moving on. So they're in control. You have to get the story right. And that's what I help people. And my purpose is to help you get to your goals and dreams quicker than I did. That's it. That's a simple purpose. Why? Because I know if I get you to discover who you are, you'll get there quicker than I did. You won't wait till 50 to change the game. You'll do it much sooner. And so I just wanted to share that because the process beyond the one word is that's just your magic. Now we write the story around it so that you can go and sell yourself and your business as one. Like, like I said, Sarah, Steve, Howard, Blake, Phil Knight, how they, I believe how they all did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So, you know, this part of the episode is about you. You know, I mean, I think you've already, you've already, we've already touched on why do you do what you do? I mean, we can go in deeper if you want to, but there's a lot of, you know, work is just one facet of who we are. Yeah. It's, um, I, I almost kind of feel like work is a, a way to um, pass by, pass time in the sense of you get into that flow state and you're able to create something out of that um, rather than not doing anything. Right. Um, sometimes not doing anything is a great thing too. Like some people just meditate, which is actually externally people say you're not doing anything, but you're actually doing something. Right. So, you know, what do you do? Um, you know, why do you do what you do with work? You know, what's your hobby and what's your health kind of thing to kind of help you, um, be the best person. I, I almost feel like be the most abundant person you can be because the more the cup of your cup is filled, Others' cups will be filled, too, with your clients. Absolutely love this question. I could talk to you for four days about it, but I won't. I promise. Um, I, I I think we touched a little bit on on purpose. I, I get up in the morning because I want to help the next generation reach their goals and dreams quicker than I did. Very simple. And quicker than I did is the critical piece because I believe if I knew then who I was, I wouldn't have been an accountant outside of after college. I went into accounting. I'm a catalyst. That is not the place you would put my magic. I didn't know that. So I feel like if you know that sooner, you will make better choices. And so that's my purpose and why, what I want to be remembered for. I will tell you that since leaving my corporate career, I've been incredibly intentional about gratitude. Um, I've always been a grateful person. I'm a 27-year cancer survivor. My wife is a 10-year survivor. But I've been much more intentional about focusing on what I have and how lucky and grateful I am after two cancers that I'm healthy, my wife is healthy, I have two great kids, um, I, I take care of myself. So a couple of things that I think are important in that gratitude game that I'd love to share. One is I do a 30-minute Peloton ride every day. It could be two in the morning, as long as I'm in my house, because obviously I can't take my Peloton in the car. But if I'm in my house, especially with the pandemic, 30 minutes a day, because I believe if I can't give myself 30 minutes, then something isn't right. In my, in my opinion, this is for me. I speak about myself. That 30 minutes has changed my life. It's been a whole cleansing of my mind. It's more mental for me to get on that Peloton versus you know what I look like. But that's been a real game changer. The other thing is post empty nest. I'm, I'm an empty nester right now. Both my kids are in college. One just graduated. 
you have to work on your marriage. You have to get back to what you've had. Like you look at each other and thankfully for my wife and I, we just celebrated 25 years of marriage, but thankfully for my wife and I, we still like each other. And I say that very wholeheartedly, but we have to work at it. So I'm very intentional about spending time with my wife, especially since, you know, she 10 years ago had a massive, you know, cancer with, uh, with breast cancer. So, you know, beaches, walks, like simple things, because I'm all about trying to be simple. So I would say that. And then the third is I'm very intentional about engaging with my kids. I feel that if you don't, um, my job is to be in their lives now. My job is to fit into their world. And one of the things that I'm very, very actively engaged with is becoming is a coach to them, not their parent. They're adults now. And so I want them to want us, my wife and I, to be a part of their world. So I'm very engaged in what they're doing. I offer advice when asked. And I have really deepened the connection with my kids because they see us now as people that can help them succeed in life. And so that's been something important to me, whether it's just a text, whether it's emojis, whether it's a phone call, because I think Jesse Itzler woke me up to this idea that I just spent up until 18 years old when they left for college, I spent the most amount of time I'll ever spend with them ever. And so when you think of it that way, I really savor the time if my kids are home or drive home. And the pandemic was one of the most incredible gifts was having six months of them every night at dinner, which we we hadn't done in all eight years of high school, because we were both all running around and crazy. So I've savored that. And then last thing, I, you know, I do a lot of reading now. I do a lot of podcasts because I want to hone my craft. I want to, you know, help people win. So I want to be able to learn and make sure that I understand what's, you know, going on out there, what EQ is about. It, to me, it's about emotional intelligence. So I, I feel the, the the need to, you know, read and, and I didn't do that in my career because I had kids and I was raising them. And, and so, you know, reading and podcasts and just staying, you know, abreast of what's going on. And then finally, friends, I, I hope every listener who's watching this or listening does the following. Tell people how you feel about them now. Don't wait till they're gone. I'm very intentional now about telling my friends about how I feel about them, especially the entrepreneurs I work with and the gift that I've been given to be able to help these young you know, next generation of leaders win. I'm 53 and I'm working with 20 plus year olds. And so I'm very intentional about making people know how I feel about them. And I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm a giver. I hate receiving. Um, I'm selfless and I'm owning it. And I'm not apologizing for that anymore. And that's been a real game changer for me because I, I don't have a lot of time left on this earth and I want to give as much as I can to people. And I'm very authentic about that. So that's my long-winded what I do outside of work. <laughs> Rich, I, I absolutely love this. And I absolutely love this episode. Just with everything that you've been through, I think just coming, summing down to one word, yeah. catalyst. So, I mean, if anybody is interested, you know, talking to Rich, his information will be on this episode and everything. If you feel inspired to reach out, you can reach out to me. I can send you over to Rich, whatever that may be. Rich, thank you so much for being on this episode. Just talking about life, talking about how everything intertwines with one another. I feel like we're kindred spirits in that, that it doesn't, you know, it's not just work. It is a purpose. That's so right. thank you That's very right. much for being on this episode. I really appreciate you having me. And like I said before, the difference between a business and a brand is you. It's all one and the same. There's no really personal brand and business brand. It's one and the same. And anybody that wants to reach out to me to talk more about it, I'm happy to do that. So thank you for having me. 
Thanks, Rich. And to all the Converge Coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.